ลนี่บวงวงมานี่ปิงปิง Oh my gosh, there are so many options. I got so confused about who to vote for. How about you? Do you know who you're voting for already? Well, yes, of course. It's so obvious. He's the most endorsed candidate. Even his competition is endorsing him. Huh? How is that possible? What do you mean? Who do you mean? Well, they all mentioned it during their campaigns. They said to vote wisely. So I'm voting for Mr. Wisely. Welcome to Banana Key Podcast. I am D, and my co-host is Ray. Today we will be talking about Philippine elections because it is currently election month in the Philippines. I just want to set expectations from the very start. We know that Philippine politics is a contentious topic that has ended friendships and torn families apart. So we are not here to add to that, right? We are not here to campaign for anyone or to preach about who you should be voting for. Yeah, politics is one of your those topics that you usually consciously avoid, you know, in dinner parties or wherever, just mm-hmm. so it can end peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> it can spark into debates, and you know, it's it's no longer a fun party. And speaking of party, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one big difference of politics or elections in the Philippines versus, say, the U.S. Right? Because we have a lot of parties. Yeah, and these are not parties that you enjoy. Right? When you say party, you say you, you imagine you dancing, drinking, eating. But political parties, no, they're, they're no fun at all. <laughs> so yeah. in, in the US, there are two main political parties, right? The Democrats and the Republicans. And usually they have varying degrees of liberalism or conservatism. Yeah. And so they're mostly kind of established institutions and so for you as a voter you have your own kind of judgment to do right like am i liberal in these issues am i conservative in these issues and if you lean towards democrats then you can register yourself as a democrat or if you're a republican then you can register yourself as a republican Mm -hmm. you don't have to research who the candidates are because if they're belonging to that political party you already more or less know what their stance is. Mm, yeah, you know, true. If, when it comes to abortion, if they're Democrats, then probably they are more liberal. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. But for the Philippines, because we have a lot of parties, and that's because of our constitution as well. Our constitution allows for freedom in the creation of parties. And that's why we have a lot of parties. If you search political parties in the Philippines, you will see a lot of them. And some of them are very confusingly similar. PDP, Laban, Lakas, CMD. And if you get the meanings of the acronyms, you would see familiar words like democratico. Demo- like everyone's democratic. <laughs> then how are you different from the other <laughs> democratic parties? Like mm-hmm. so confusing. And that is why voting in the Philippines, you have to really research what mm. is the platform of that candidate. Because just knowing the political party the affiliation is not enough like you don't know what that person what that candidate will do once he becomes an elected government official so mm. so yeah i would say that's one of the biggest difference in the philippines and that yeah. is why you will have a lot of candidates to choose from <laughs> yeah right now actually how many are running for president so there are 
ten oh my God, so presidential <laughs> candidates. <laughs> yes, that is so and confusing. The, and to make things more complicated, you don't vote your president and vice president as a tandem. Like you have to choose separately yeah. a president and a vice president. So it's kind of weird that the president will be belonging to a very liberal ideological party whereas the vice president is in a totally different <laughs> birthday party so it's like, <laughs> yeah it's yeah so distru- and that's what happens with this current administration right uh, the yes. president is in a different party the vice president is in a different party and so they don't talk to each other there's no synergy there's no cooperation yeah. so so yeah yeah it's, 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 it's difficult very- yeah it actually makes more sense if you know, we had followed, like, say, the U.S., right? If they run together as a tandem. So if you vote for one, so it's like pack one, pack all, right? It's not like, <laughs> it's not like you vote. Pack one, pack all. <laughs> Manny Pacquiao, by the way, is running for president. Oh, yes, yeah, speaking of. <laughs> we do follow the U.S. way of voting, right? Uh, no, we don't. So in the U.S., they have what they call an electoral college. So each state has their own corresponding points. So not necessarily you win by popular votes. So not necessarily you have one million votes higher than your competitor. That's It doesn't mean that you will win. Oh, yeah. It depends on where your voters are. So mm. you need to win the electoral college for you to become the president. Whereas in the Philippines, it's a popularity vote. Oh, yeah. So for as long as you have one vote ahead of your competition, you are the winner. That's right. Mm. So I, it's not as complicated. And then yeah. you need to know where to campaign, right? Because that's the state with the most mm. electoral votes and all that. Like in the Philippines, probably mm. you go with where there's the most number of people, which is, well, typically the zone, yes, I exactly. guess. <laughs> okay, so speaking of campaigns, so let's talk about that. There's a slogan, it's more fun in the Philippines. So it's not just for travel, mm. it's also for elections apparently and what do we mean by this well first there are a lot of interesting advertising strategies in the philippines politicians know that a lot of filipinos just vote for whoever is popular yeah so it's not just popular vote because there's more people right it's because the person is also popular (laughs) (laughs) so they make sure to invest in name recall strategies Mm. they make sure that their name and face is out there because if people mm. have never heard your name, it's a likely possibility that they're not going to tick the box with your name on it. That's right. And mm. because Filipinos tend to not research so much. Yeah, and not necessarily research, but we sometimes fall in the trap of believing somebody, no matter how rosy it is, without actually asking, is that actually possible? Is that, how is that going to be feasible as a platform? So what if a, a politician would promise, I will pay all the debt of the Philippines? And it's like, how? Like, <laughs> like, how is that even possible? And then you mm. ask people, hey, who are you voting? Oh, I'll, I'll vote Eddie Hill. Why? Because he will pay all the debt of the Philippines. Yeah. You, you, believe, you believe that? Uh, did he provide proof uh, or anything? No, he, he, I just saw it in an ad. Yeah. That's what the aspiring political people do. Hmm. They have yes. to get their name out there. And the first of these methods, because there's a lot, the first one is posters on every conceivable surface that you can find. <laughs> Usually, you yeah. know that election day is coming because everywhere you go, you see walls covered in posters. And even those private mm. walls, some people, they have to put the words post no bill on the walls of their property because 
Otherwise, somebody is going to paste something on that wall, even though it's not public property, no. you know? <laughs> I don't really know why it's called post-no-bill. It's like post-no-bill. For me, bill is something that you receive from maybe your service provider asking you to pay for something, right? Mm-hmm. So post-no-bill. Huh. What does that mean? <laughs> You've seen the campaign posters on leading mm. to election day. It gets out of hand. It's ridiculous, right? Like you can see yeah. one entire wall. It's not even like a variety. Sometimes the one wall, it's just one person's poster <laughs> being repeated several times. You know, it's so... Crazy. And then they would also hand them out. When I was a kid, I actually enjoyed those because I would look for them and then we would use them mm. as play money. <laughs> then when I got older, it's like, oh my God, it's Anubisans, right? Like there's so much garbage mm. everywhere. And then sometimes at the end of the election, nobody even removes them. They're still just up there. Nobody bothered to take them yeah. down. And sometimes the competition is so intense, right? That if they see a candidate posting... A poster, then the competition would post on top of that yeah. poster to cover. <laughs> so it becomes multi-layered and probably that's the reason why it's difficult to clean the walls, right? Yeah. It's it's full of adhesive like rugby. Yeah. So difficult to remove. So in, in Japan, right, it's quite clean because mm. they have a designated area where you can post your poster Mm-mm. and it's only one per candidate. So it's really clean. Oh, yeah. And even in Singapore, mm. right? Obviously, Singapore is so clean that mm. I don't even remember knowing who was running because you don't know where the posters are. It's probably just mm. like a designated cork board or something uh, at the mm. HDB. But Singapore is quite in the extreme, though, because there's really one dominant art. Ah, yeah, true. Right? Yeah. Sometimes there are places where even there's no competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's only one candidate, so it's a default <laughs> winner. <laughs> Maybe that's why they don't need to campaign in the first place because they know exactly. they're going to win anyway. Why do I have to spend money on posters? Like, I'm the default winner. <laughs> Nobody's running against me. <laughs> yeah. For as long as I vote for myself, I win. <laughs> yes. I'm the only candidate. <laughs> Aside from posters, another interesting way to campaign is through the use of jingles. And I remember, I think the one of the most memorable jingle that I can still remember is the vote for the champ campaign so vote for the champ is like an acronym of all the last names of the candidates of that party running for senate oh okay vote for the champ v villar o osmenia t taniada (laughs) you don't remember this (laughs) flavier oh you see i still remember that's how powerful these jingles are (laughs) I thought it was like champ is the one that the initials were, but even the vote for or no. also initials was so funny. <laughs> it's actually a wrong spelling. There's no E in the vote. It's like vote for the champ. But, you know. Mm, they were trying hard to make it work. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's catchy. And they blast it through maybe TV ads. Also, they would hire these vans with older pictures and then there's an amplifier and a speaker that would kind of sing their jingles and they would roam around town. So wherever you go, there's always that jingle yeah. in radios, right? So it's very catchy. It it has a lot of retention. And so come yeah. voting day, polling day, you'd vote for them because chances are those are the only people that you would remember. <laughs> yes. 
He'll be like singing or humming the jingle while voting. Who was that again? T. Who's T? Tanya. Okay. And speaking of Vance, do you remember Jeepney Era? Oh, yes. What made that memorable was there was a literal jeep Mm-mm. going around town. And there's like a free film showing at night. Oh. So they're, they're bringing in a projector. And obviously, it's an Arab movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he, he was an actor before he ran for president. Mm. There's also commercials, not just on the vans, but then also on TV, radio. And nowadays, it's social media, right? And we mentioned Arab was an actor. And actually, in the Philippines, mm. a lot of actors run for political positions. And the reason for that is they're already popular, right? So that's a built-in advantage for them. That's kind of like the retirement plan or something. And that's what I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of them really have the political ambition and have the skill set to be successful in becoming a political person, right? But yeah, generally not, not really. <laughs> And even if, let's say, they are not actors themselves, it's also common for them to hire other actors to promote them. Yeah, because they have their own network of actors and actresses who have influence, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not particularly now, right? With social media, I think the influence that actors and actresses used to have, I would say, is shadowed by YouTube, Facebook icons, I would say, have more influence now rather than actresses and actors. Yeah, maybe because they, they seem to be more relatable, so maybe in the future, we will no longer see actors and actresses running for president, but social media influencers. Yeah, <laughs> that's entirely possible, right? Yeah. Then when election day comes, some of these aspiring politicians resort to unscrupulous means to win. Mm-hmm. The first of those is vote buying. Yeah, this is very rampant in the Philippines. Right? Yeah. Well, what I used to do before was, okay, if you see those on the street, if you need the money, accept the money, but vote independently. You know what I mean? Like, if they're giving away money and you're not asking for it, buy it to, for, for something that you need. But when you vote, don't actually let that money influence your mm. vote. Right? Try to vote independently. Do they ask for proof? I'm just wondering. I've never been approached by a vote-buying person, oh, by the way, which is, which is sad because I, I could question. have used the money. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, do they? No, it's usually given per household. That's what I remember. Oh, wow. They go to the like, house. It's like, oh, how many, how many registered voters in your family? Oh, this much. Okay. Okay. Your family is me, huh? Okay. <laughs> Vote for me, huh? Your family. And then they would probably settle that. And then I don't actually know if they ask for proof. Because you're not supposed to bring anything, any recording materials inside the precinct. But... I just have a feeling that because there are those watchers, right? Mm. Uh, election day watchers, like for political parties, they are actually allowed to send in a poll watcher to make sure that everything is in order. Mm-mm. There's no cheating. So maybe the poll watcher will take a sneak peek. I don't think they are allowed to write. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not supposed to. Like, you need to cover for privacy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. Okay, no, I was just wondering. Like, do you need to put, uh, what do you call this? What Carbon paper under your... <laughs> and then it shows her, see, this is what I voted for. Okay, never mind. Sorry, no. I, yeah. Well, we did have, like, I know of politicians, uh, specifically in the local elections, before where they've given a lot of money 
everybody knows that that aspiring politician was giving away money, but then in the end, that person did not win. Mm. Was so depressed that you know you could clearly see like he was so frustrated and disappointed that you know even though he gave away a lot of money, it didn't turn out. You know, <laughs> nobody was voting for him. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't pay your way, right? To, to winning an election. True, true. Okay, so another form of uh, strategy that they use is ballot switching or tampering, which is termed mm. as dagdag bawas in Tagalog, which literally means add subtract. <laughs> because you would add a vote to one candidate and then, of course, you have to subtract it from another one, right? So that the overall number of votes remains the same. Because otherwise, mm. it's like, hey, there are only 1,000 voters here how come we have 1500 results right so that makes it obvious so i remember when i was in college i was a namfrel volunteer namfrel stands for national citizens movement for free elections so it is the election watchdog in the philippines and is accredited to conduct manual parallel counts of the ballot so this serves to counter against the cases of dagdag bawas right because maybe the official tallyer somebody paid him to switch the vote but the namfrel is there to say hey no uh, according to our count we have 100 votes for this guy and why does your vote say you know <laughs> suddenly a lot more so that's what namfrel is for and i remember we were in a school because in the philippines right the voting booths were Usually precincts, in schools, yeah. right? The voting precincts were in schools. And then, you know, we would we counted at night. And when we counted the votes, uh, I remember the official one would count on the, would write it on the blackboard uh, on the classroom. And then we as the Namfrel volunteer would write down on the floor. It's like we had this gigantic Manila <laughs> paper. <laughs> yeah, it was so manual before. But I think right now it's... Mm-mm. More or less computerized, so your ballot is actually machine readable. Yeah. So for as long as you've inserted your, first of all, you've followed the instructions. Mm-hmm. Like you've <laughs> clearly <laughs> encircled or filled in the space of your candidate, then you know it will be read by the machine and it will be tallied electronically. Well, that also means that the cheating could also be digital right? <laughs> happens in the database <laughs> where all of these tallies are collected yeah that's a problem i wonder how namfrel does their counter maybe they have their own machines as well or whatever i wonder if i'm namfrel i would have audited the software or audited the actual mm. interface of the machines right so they need a an auditor an IT auditor. Yeah, IT mm. audit. Yeah, I mean, mm. that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Another unscrupulous act is flying voters. So flying voters are those people who are registered in multiple precincts. So that's why they're called flying voters or double registrants, right? So it's kind of weird to be registered in multiple areas so that you can amplify or multiply your votes. But there's a physical control check <laughs> to avoid flying voters. So you're after you vote, they will be putting indelible ink. But then a lot of people actually can circumvent that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I was ink. able I to remove it with acetone. Just acetone? Yeah, it was oh, quite easy. I see. <laughs> so yeah, it was obviously it's not a very it's not a foolproof <laughs> method of avoiding flying voters, but. I do see Comelec already trying to implement ways, uh, counter-checking all the names, all the 
not just the names, but also your particulars, like the date of birth, to make sure that you are not registered in multiple areas. Mm. Like if you search overseas Filipino voters, you can actually see double registrants, like names that are duplicated, but then Comelec already dashed out, oh, this is a double entry. Okay. So yeah. it could be you moving from one place to another, right? And it mm. wasn't properly updated. Mm-mm. So say you moved from... Pasiris to Tampinis and your name was in Pasiris and then you're, you registered in Tampinis and so your name is also in Tampinis. <laughs> Why am I using Singapore places? If you're talking? <laughs> then your name is like in two places. So mm. Even if you did not intend to do that but because the records were not updated properly and I so see. you appeared in two places. Now, if you vote in two of those places, then you're a flying voter. Yeah, You're okay. actually committing a crime. Yeah, yeah it's okay. It's a fraud. So another one is ghost voters. So these are the voting dead. <laughs> the voting dead or the ghost voters. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. There's something strange. In the neighborhood. In the... <laughs> Who are you going to call? Ghost voters. Ghost voters. What? So that means that when registered people die, somebody else steals their identity and votes on their behalf. Mm. Yeah. So do you think mm. there is a way that they try to counter this? Like, do they look at death certificates? So I know for a fact that right now, Comelec already has photo IDs in their databases. Mm. So if you vote under a false name and they would compare your face to their database if it's so different then that's already a sign right mm. so unless you would really do the lens of trying to imitate the <laughs> the facial features oh my god of the deceased then maybe it would fly but but yeah there are already control checks in place to avoid that okay good to know then mm. but if you're a relative right it could fly because mm. probably your physique your Facial quality is the same. So another, I would say, this one's more vicious. Like, there's a lot of intimidation and during election day. So a lot of these political aspirants, right? Some of these are very highly connected. Uh, be it maybe they made their money or they made their fortune from, say, illegal gambling or drugs and so they have the means and capabilities of actually scaring people, right? Mm-hmm. They could intimidate you into voting for them. So there are really extreme examples like the Maguindanao massacre, right? Wherein a lot of the volunteers were actually massacred just so the ballots could be stolen or the ballots could be oh my God. Uh, modified in, uh, to their favor. So yeah, there really is violence involved as well, especially if the stakes are high. Such as an election. Actually, uh, if you want to hear more about that, there is an episode on that on Lagim Podcast. So just mm, look for that Lagim if you're podcast, curious yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's move on to some of the most bizarre nuisance candidates. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there nuisance candidates in the first place? Right? I don't you know. Because as we mentioned earlier, unlike in... In the U.S., maybe if there are nuisance candidates in the U.S., it's just one or something, right? Because there are fixed mm. parties. In the Philippines, sky's the limit. There's 10 right now, right? So if you feel like I could run even by yourself, even if you have nobody else, you have no senators, you have no vice president, you could do it. Mm. <laughs> 
I took a peek at the Wikipedia page of the candidates for this election in 2022. There were actually 97 aspiring pres- wow. presidentials. Oh my God, that's And so only many. Only 10 of them. So Comele kind of sifted <laughs> oh the 97 people and then decided that, hey, 87 of you <laughs> are actually nuisance candidates. Jupe. <laughs> <laughs> only 10. <laughs> And you're right. The criteria for you to run for president in the Philippines is so basic. Like, number one, you just need to be a naturally born Filipino, mm-hmm. which is like 120 million of us. Mm-hmm. Second is you just have to have the ability to read and write. That's it. And age, is that a factor or not at all? Uh, yeah. Age a factor depending on what political post mm. you're running. So president has a different... but. Okay. Other than the age, which is like, you just need to wait, right? If, <laughs> if the age, minimum age is 50, then I need, I need to wait for 50. But just the ability to read and write and for you to be born in the Philippines, those are the two overarching criteria. So so actually, we could run, I mean, when we reach, I have no idea what the age is, but even if you're not even based in the Philippines for the past 10 years, I suppose you could still run, mm. right? For as long as you're a registered voter as well, you need to register. Okay, which is easy enough to do if you really <laughs> want to run, right? To like... <laughs> The harder thing would be to fake your natural born whatever if you were not born in the Philippines and all that. So, yeah, okay. No, not that I plan to run. By the way, I have no political aspirations whatsoever. But, yes, so there you go. That's why there are a lot of Nuisance candidates because of the very low threshold that you have to cross, right? So, we found this list on 8list.ph. So, eight of the most bizarre Pinoy Nuisance candidates. But we're not going to read all eight, just four. No. So the first one is Joselito Pepito Cayetano. Wow, he sounds legit, doesn't he? Because of Cayetano, yeah. right? But he is not mm. the Cayetano, <laughs> he's the, the well-known politician, guys. So he ran for senator in 2007. He's actually a complete unknown with a fairly well-known last name. Mm. His platform, well, he didn't really have a platform because... I think his point was just to confuse people, right? Mm. When this happened, Senator Alan Peter Cayetano was running as well. And it was pretty clear that the only reason Joselito was running was to confuse people into possibly voting for the wrong Cayetano. Senator Mm. Cayetano even went as far as insisting that this Cayetano was fielded by then-President Gloria Arroyo, though nothing came of that allegation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Eventually, the Comelec agreed And both Alan Peter Cayetano and Noyanay Aquino also had a nuisance candidate during that time So they both got to run for senator in 2007 Without a second Cayetano or Aquino on the ballot Yeah, so this is actually one of the most common kind of nuisance candidate, right? They're just there to confuse people Yeah, and in that example One telltale sign that that's a nuisance candidate is He doesn't have a platform. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> why would you even run? Like, that's the first question you should ask mm. a candidate. Why are you running? And if that person cannot answer in simple language, then probably it's a nuisance candidate. Yes, exactly. Good point. Mm. And the next candidate is Alan Carrion. He, he ran for president in 2016. And who he is? He is the intergalactic ambassador of planet Earth. What? Oh my God. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Okay. Hmm. So he has three platforms, two of which is reasonable. So first, 
wireless access to the internet for the entire country, which is mm, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Sounds fair. Mm-hmm. Second, fight for Philippine territory. Yeah, which is fine as well. That's that's something that you would expect from a political candidate. And the third is to speak with aliens. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, the, the third one really threw us off. <laughs> he actually has a mm-hmm. political campaign ad. Do you want to watch? Yeah, let's, let's yeah, try please. Naniniwala ako sa pagbabago. Naniniwala ako sa pagunlad. Naniniwala ako sa mga alien. <laughs> Naniniwala ako kay Alan Karyon. Okay. Buangon. <laughs> Sawa na ako sa korupsyon. Oh my God. Sawa na ako sa paghihirap. Yeah. Gusto ko ng tunay na pagbabago. Gusto ko ng Four Seasons. Huh? <laughs> Naniniwala ako kay Alan Karyon. He wants Four, four seasons. seasons. Because you only have two in seasons in the Philippines, right? <laughs> oh. Gusto ko ng mundo. Okay. Ang pangarap natin ay kasing laki ng kalawakan. Gusto ko ng lightsaber. Gusto ko makita ng Jedi. Gusto ko makita ng spaceship. Boss! Gusto ko ba makita ng alien? <laughs> Naniniwala ako kay Alan Karyon. <laughs> She's serious. <laughs> I, I am finding it hard to believe that he is serious. Do you think he was just pranking people or something? I don't know. <laughs> it, it, does, it does feel like it. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god. It says here that he actually has a strong following in Facebook. I don't know how serious those people are, mm-hmm. but well, yeah. Maybe it's just a prank. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I Looks don't like know. <sighs> okay, but that that is quite funny. I mean, if there are aliens, I fine, but probably don't use it as your platform. It's just so weird, right? <laughs> like, what could the president of the Philippines even get out of it like you know like we have first world countries who have better technology they cannot find aliens mm. and then you think that you can mm. and we have so little money and you were going to focus on that it's like so weird yeah mm. just like the u.s went to the moon no we'll, we'll go even further <laughs> <laughs> we look for alien life out there oh my god that's probably too much watching netflix shows like yeah. interstellar or something yeah or there was an old well, 90s show, X-Files. or Mars Attack? <laughs> no, there was a TV series called X-Files. So it's like, it's kind of like, you know how there are police procedurals? That, that Those are common, right? Like CSI. So this one is for aliens. Mm. It's like, they're policemen uh. and then they investigate alien stuff. So maybe he was a fan of that. Mm. <laughs> the third Noisance candidate is Rizalito David. He ran for president in 2016. So he was a former senior member of the church-based political group known as Ang Kapatiran. And he ran for president and got himself booted from the organization in 2015 after two unsuccessful tries for a Senate seat in 2010 and 2013. So his platform, can you guess what his platform is? Well, what is his platform? Catholicizing the Philippines. <laughs> oh wow! But it's already so Catholic. He will everyone. 
No, but it's already majority Catholic. So, like, what is your point? You just want to, like, make everyone 100% Catholic, which is what's, what, what's the point about? Mm. But the insanity here is that a religious platform has never prevented anyone from running, right? There's, like, a lot have mm. done that before. But it's pretty hilarious to note that David's platform of Catholicizing an already Catholic Philippines not only didn't pass muster with the Comelec standards, but has long ago been undermined the day he allegedly assaulted an R.H. Law advocate in the middle of the Senate. Okay, <laughs> what's with this guy? Mm. So yeah, it is kind of difficult to present yourself as a godly choice when you go viral for that. But hey, these are strange times we live in. Interesting. Well, in the Philippines, there you, sometimes you would see priests uh, campaign for candidates, right? So, I don't know, maybe it's that angle that he's trying to attack. Like mm. if majority of us are Catholics, or then if he runs with that angle, then there's a big chance for him to win. I don't know. Maybe that's ah, his way of thinking. Yeah, maybe he's trying to win the overly religious Catholics. And the last one is Ellie, a.k.a. Spike Pamatong. Wow, that's a very fancy <laughs> nickname, Spike. Mm-hmm. So his platform is petitioning the United States to please accept the Philippines as its 51st state. <laughs> oh, interesting platform. <laughs> okay. Oh, interesting. And settling territorial disputes against China. Well, the platforms are not so insane, but one of the things or events that made him insane was he earned his nickname Spike Mm -hmm. after he and his followers scattered hundreds of sharp steel spikes across the roads of Metro Manila, which he claimed was his peaceful way of protesting the massive corruption in the government how is that peaceful okay (laughs) (laughs) oh my god to make the long story short there were 167 vehicles who fell victim to his spikes Mm. to his peaceful (laughs) protest against the corruption of the government oh my god that is that's insane was he in prison i really want to have somebody be culpable (laughs) yeah Okay, no, can you imagine if it was here. you, your car, <laughs> some of mm. the victims, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> so <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> Let's close this episode by answering the question, what would you do if you were the Philippine president? So, Ray, why don't you go first? Mm. Uh, first of all, I won't run f- as for president, <laughs> but I think what would be an ideal candidate for me mm. is someone who would actually do something for the middle class. Mm. Like in the Philippines, we have a really weak middle class. Like there's less and less uh, opportunity for for people to actually have access to education. And you would say, mm, there are public schools. But yeah, if you take a look at the level, if you compare public schools with private schools, there's actually a very big difference, mm. right? Yeah. When in fact, if you look at other countries, public schools in some way and form, are actually better than private institutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're more well-funded. You know, it, they actually can produce top-notch quality students. And Mm-mm. it's actually very hard to get into these public schools because of that fact. Like, they, yeah, in, in itself, they are prestigious. But right now in the Philippines, I don't think we have that kind of mentality. Mm-mm. We're leaning towards private institution and they get very expensive uh, year in year out Mm -mm. 
But yeah, so lesser access to education. And I would say focusing, our laws are not focusing too much on making the lives of the middle class actually better. It's usually just geared towards making the lives of the rich more comfortable, right? Mm. So then again, even more expanding the gap between the rich, the, the haves and the have-nots. Mm. I think once we have that strong middle class, then people are more educated. People get to ask the right questions when it comes to elections. And so progressively, we become a better society. Mm. So yeah, hopefully we have more of those uh, yeah. platforms. True. Really focusing on improving, I would say the lubricant to becoming a better family, right? A strong middle class. Maybe it's it's too vague for people, right? But try to think about you being born in the Philippines under a, a impoverished family. The question is, what are your chances of making it into society, right? What are the chances of you in the future getting a, a decent job, mm. stable income, and make yourself uh, a family? The answer to that is probably very slim. Like there's mm. very slim chance because we don't have enough programs that would actually enable that person to better himself, maybe through education, maybe through livelihood assistance. We, we don't have a lot of that. If we increase that probability of anyone in, in the Philippines without the financial means to be better, then yeah, then we can become slowly but surely have a better middle class and improve a lot more lives in the future. Mm, yeah, true. Yeah. And speaking of middle class, if you just compare, right, like the American middle class, compare mm. it to the Philippine middle class, it's not even the same. Yeah. The American no. <laughs> standard middle class is rich people already in the Philippines, yeah. right? Like, for me, I think mm. I was probably part of middle class or lower middle class while I was growing up. But then my parents couldn't even afford a computer for the house, that sort of thing, right? That mm. is middle class in the Philippines to you. So, mm. yeah, I think you're right. It, it needs to be expanded. Yeah, middle class should be yeah. a similar standard to middle class in first world countries like Singapore, US, or whatever. Yeah, because you can definitely see mm. Singaporeans... They're saying, oh, I'm not rich. And then, like, you know, if you go to the Philippines, you are rich already. <laughs> right? Like, the standard mm. that they live is like the life of a rich person that I just coveted when I was a kid. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. and, and the sooner we get to that stage, right? The sooner we have a, a strong middle class, the sooner we get to become a developed country or a rich country wherein everyone, millionaires, mi middle class people, go and ride the MRT together. Oh, yeah, like in Singapore. We don't see that right now. Yeah, yeah. In Japan as well, that, that happens quite normally. So yeah, we true. should aim to be that country. True. Hopefully. I don't know how soon that will be. <laughs> Maybe know. in our lifetime? Probably not. No, we probably need know. the help of the aliens. I'm sure of it. We need Alan Carrion <laughs> to, con <laughs> to contact the aliens and give us uh, kryptonite. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Give us some rare elements and make us better people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. How about you, D? What's your what's your platform? Well Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Presidentiable. What? No. Heidi <laughs> No, I don't. What what is the name of your party? Birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Noah Sons candidate. And <laughs> 
my platform is to throw parties for everyone on their birthday. No, actually, no. If if no. <laughs> if I had to have a platform, I don't know, maybe similar to yours, but also maybe somehow mm. find a way so that people don't want to leave the Philippines, like you and I, mm. and a majority mm. of OFWs left the Philippines because we did not really see a future there. Like, we couldn't see ourselves flourishing there, you know. If you have the same career that we have abroad, but you're in the Philippines, you know that you will be earning a lot less, right? And then you wouldn't be able to afford the same lifestyle that you can lead outside. And again, it all boils down to that middle class thing. Again, if we have that middle class that that the developed countries thus why would you want to leave That's because right. the philippines is our home that's you know until now we always say that okay i do enjoy leaving and being able to afford more and that is the main reason why you left right only mm. because of the money right. but then my friends my closest friends they're all filipinos you still prefer mm. to be with filipinos that means given the chance you would rather stay home right that's right. Yeah. You, you would rather stay where your family and friends are, right? So probably because in the business sense, in the Philippines, it's not really meritocracy. There's no meritocracy in a sense that you could only probably find a few companies that would actually give you, recognize you because of your merits or your capabilities or your efforts. There's still a lot of nepotism. There's still a lot of sip-sip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're, you're, you're close to the, your friends with the manager and so all the favors are given to you. Whereas outside of the Philippines, being fair, being recognized based on your effort is a norm. Mm. If we have chances in the Philippines to thrive in our careers better, then yeah, that mm. would probably help avoid the brain drain that's going on. Yeah, but even if, let's say, you do have the opportunity to, let's say, get promoted or whatever in the Philippines, Mm. but still, right, what your earning capacity there or your spending power there is a lot less compared to, say, same position, but you are in Singapore. Like a standard, let's say, manager or something, or or even a supervisor, Mm. right? Like, they have very different earning capacity, I would think. Mm. Different earning capacity, but you, you could also argue that in the Philippines, prices are a lot cheaper. So mm. say, for example, if you earn this much, if you're a manager, then you probably could live comfortably because the money that you earn could afford maybe a two-story house. Mm. You could live comfortably. Whereas, yes, you earn higher in Singapore, but then you wouldn't be living in a very cramped flat so it's it's relative right so maybe people will prefer living comfortably Mm. with a bigger space in the philippines but not necessarily pound for pound dollar for dollar if you you just look uh, at the relativity but then in it when it comes to like certain things for example like iphone if you buy an iphone in the philippines and you buy it in singapore Mm. wouldn't you be able to afford it more in singapore so like maybe if you're a lady because ladies usually like buying bags what they call it designer mm. bags you would be able to buy that in singapore and let's say at a, a mm. supervisor salary or whatever and in the philippines maybe it needs to be four gives or whatever you know what i mean so- <laughs> <laughs> four gives <laughs> 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 
So, so I guess if you just look at the value, I mean, the main reason why majority of the Filipinos leave the Philippines to work abroad is because of the money, right? Because maybe not for themselves, but to be able to, like, this amount that they save, they can send back home and then, you know, you could, that is the tuition. If, you, if they just stay in the mm-hmm. Philippines, they wouldn't be able to afford education for their siblings and that stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why people leave. And there are a lot of parents who leave their children behind because they could not afford a life for their kids, mm. right? If they stayed, that sort of thing, right? Like the domestic helpers and all that. But that is the reason why even some people who graduated, let's say nursing, and then they go to Hong Kong to be a domestic helper. That's right. Because nursing, you graduate nursing, but then your your salary in the Philippines is just the basic and sometimes you even have to pay the hospital just so you would be given a chance because you need the experience, at least three years experience, so that you can apply abroad. But the dream is to apply abroad. Dream, dream, dream. dream. <laughs> so vote wisely. That's the... <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, the that's the point. Message. <laughs> if you have any thoughts about the elections that are not heated discussions because we do not want to debate about why you're voting for someone specifically and all that and I'm sorry if we disappointed you by not <laughs> because some people are saying now and that's also something that people hate right if you are not actively campaigning for someone like they're saying you're a coward why are you not blah 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 but yeah sorry guys we're we just just not the hill we choose to die on but if you have any interesting thoughts about Philippine elections, please let us know by messaging us on Instagram at Bananagi Podcast. And we might feature you on the next Cutie Minute. It's time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it Cutie Minute. Okay, our first cutie is in response to episode six. Why do we love Jollibee so much? Oh, wow. This is one of our first few episodes and this is from Chesney 98 I think she was born in 1998 <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> okay she's so young Chesney then Chesney 98 okay. grab it listening to your Jollibee podcast made me dine in some Jollibee <laughs> <laughs> thank you Sir Ray and Mom D oh this is so Filipino <laughs> Sir Ray and Mom D my new go-to podcast on Spotify. But yeah, share ko lang po. I was actually jogging when listening to the Jollibee podcast. Haha, as much as I wanted to resist eating, pero all I have in my mind was Jollibee. 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 <laughs> so are you. <laughs> well, lucky for you, Chesney, that you have that flexibility. You go, go for a jog and then you decide and go for a Jollibee. Whereas for me, <laughs> I haven't had a Jollibee for more than two years now. Oh, no. So I really, really envy you. <laughs> so for you guys who have access to Jollibee, please enjoy it. Because once you leave the Philippines, you will have a different appreciation of life because there's no Jollibee. In the <laughs> oh, wow. So dramatic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. So Jollibee, if you're listening... You know, we have influenced people to buy your products. We are influencers. <laughs> you should pay us. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> okay. All right. So the next cutie is Zen Zero Cook, and she commented on episode 83. 
How to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse. And she said, it's funny that this episode came out the same day that me and my friends were talking about the best place to be stuck in during the zombie apocalypse. We zero in on a store here in America called Target. It's an all-in-one store, a little bit better than a Walmart. I can't think of a Filipino counterpart, maybe a mall? Yeah, SM. Yeah. Gear what SM, they, we've got it all. We've got it all. <laughs> Even zombie supplies. We got it. Zombie Whatever you need for apocalypse. <laughs> we got it all for you. Oh my god. Yes. We've got it all for you. Yeah. So there you ding, go. Ding. So to continue, she said, My survivability levels is six. I have mad cooking skills, but I cannot run for the life of me. Well, maybe if a zombie was chasing me, maybe I can. I can't stand seeing blood, let alone spilling guts all over me. Some people have a bug-out property somewhere else, especially in the mountains. Check out the Greenbrier Bunker in West Virginia. Survival architecture is fascinating. Maybe a future episode? Mm, interesting. Greenbrier Bunker in West Virginia. So is that specifically for... Zombie apocalypse? Maybe not just zombie apocalypse though, maybe like some other Ah atomic Oh atomic shelter. So oh, okay. That makes sense though. That means um if, in case of nuclear war. So it's a doomsday scenario architecture. It actually looks really fancy. Mm, really? It looks like White House because it it's painted white. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, maybe we can cover this. Yeah, maybe it could be a topic on what would you put in a bunker? Like you mm. personally, if you had your bunker, what would you put there, right? I mean, probably Jollibee, but okay. <laughs> Suddenly there's a Jollibee mascot. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing about bunkers is mm. because of the uncertainty, right? You have to have supplies that are really long lasting. Mm-mm. So if you keep on kind of resupplying or retooling your bunker, then it gets expensive. Unless you're the owner of SM, then you don't need anything because you got it all. You we got, got we all. got it all for you. Okay, all right. So that's it, guys. <laughs> that's it, Pansit. Thank you very much for tuning in and come back again next week. Bye. See you next week. Bye.